the JMP podcast. My name is Carolee, and this is Josiah, and we're uh, doing an episode today about marriage. Um, specifically, someone should have told us blank about marriage. Um, so this conversation today is going to be about that subject. Um, it is not to elevate our marriage at all or even um, you know, disregard our mentors or other previous um, couples in our life uh, to say what they didn't do or to, to prepare us for marriage. Um, but it's something that we have felt convicted of to have this conversation um, to dialogue with you today. So come along, join us in this conversation about marriage. Yeah, I think we should note too, if you're looking for, if you're a Christian and you're looking for like theology and that kind of stuff within marriage, there's a lot of great resources out there. This conversation is going to be more of a practical conversation around the things that we've learned in our own marriage and in our own process. So we want to kind of start this conversation by just giving you a little bit of synopsis of our relationship. We're not going to talk about our dating, but from engagement on. Mm -hmm. So if we're honest, our our time that we were engaged, we were engaged for a year. Mm -hmm. And I would say we were doing our best, but at the same time, I would say we had probably an unhealthy relationship, unfortunately, mm -hmm. that really influenced our first year of marriage. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I would say our first year of marriage, the words that we kind of came up with were like difficult, stretching. Uh, we actually saw a counselor in our first year of marriage. So I know mm -hmm. for some people, uh, marriage, their first couple of years are like a honeymoon zone and it's amazing and it's great. And we have friends that have lived that and it's mm -hmm. awesome. There's nothing wrong with that. Just for us, that was not our experience. Mm -hmm. uh, we really, I think through a lot of different things, through our personalities, but also through the traumas that both mm -hmm. of us have gone mm -hmm. through in our childhoods, kind of bled into our marriage, I would say. And so there was a lot of things we had to work out in our first year, mm -hmm. uh, which honestly going to counseling really helped build some foundational um, tools and resources that really have helped us even to this day in our marriage. Mm -hmm. uh, Kara, how would you describe our second year? Yeah, so our second year, um, we actually we actually moved cities. Yeah. Um, so that was uh, different in and of itself. So, you know, you're moving into an uncomfortable zone because you don't really know anybody. You don't know your community. You don't know, like, your regular routine. So... Um, in that perspective, that was, you know, difficult to transition into. Um, but then we were totally blessed with such community and friends uh, and family who just kind of surrounded us with um, a very different perspective than our first year. Yeah. Uh, we had mentors step into our lives who were, you know, calling us out on some red flags that they saw. And we sought out, you know, Christ and we, we sought out you know, our marriage and prayer and really surrendered some of the things that, you know, just things that were, you know, for example, you know, I was not very honoring to, to, to Josiah in public. That was one of the red flags. And um, really, I think that was a seed in me that was an insecurity that I felt, um, you know, struggling with my own, uh, yeah, my own stuff with marriage and then kind of exposing that with a, with a dishonoring perspective, you know, in public. But with that being said, you know, we worked on it. We were blessed with such a beautiful area where we, you know, went for tons of adventures and sought out these like sacred places mm -hmm. um, to really, you know, go out and explore and, you know, 
have that honeymoon, I guess, that we yeah. had anticipated. Um, and so, but that I also, honeymoon zone exactly was what our second year really felt like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it developed such foundational skills, I think, mm-hmm. um, that that we needed to pursue in our, you know, third year and so forth. Yeah. Yeah, and so in our third year, we moved from Kingston, where we were uh, involved with the church there. We were interns, and it was a really interesting experience. Like Kara said, and then we moved to Niagara Falls, which is where we are today, um, to start a house church and to really dive into ministry and all these different things. Uh, of course, with COVID and also even before COVID, we sensed that God was saying, mm-hmm. even though we moved here, not yet to start. Mm-hmm. And then COVID hit and it was like, oh, good thing we didn't start. Mm-hmm. And so our third year here in the falls was such a, a beautiful time for us, I really think, to just find these different areas and different places to explore mm-hmm. and to really find uh, for us going on walks and going on hikes and and being outside has been something that has just really fed our marriage and our yeah. friendship and our intimacy and uh, it's something that we didn't realize even in our first year and so we really found places that we we call them sacred places that we mm-hmm. found all over Niagara that are kind of go-to areas that we go to when we need to mm-hmm. just reconnect on a friendship on a spiritual emotional level mm-hmm. um, so our third year was really good despite the challenges of COVID not being able to work for me because of the health issues that I face and just the different things that were going on. And then when we celebrated our third year anniversary, the next month we actually felt the permission to start a house church. Mm -hmm. And so for the last eight or nine months, we've been doing that, uh, which has been really amazing just to uh, be in a different place where we're mm-hmm. balancing like we're bivocational meaning we don't make money from what we're doing as a church and so Kara's been working I'm on ODSP on disability and so we have these different things that we're balancing out as well as planting a church and starting a house church so it's been it's been a really good year there's been challenges and different things but that's kind of just a synopsis of our relationship thus far um, but yeah so now we're going to kind of transition into this question that we really want to focus on for the remainder of this episode which is essentially someone should have told us and then blank about marriage Mm -hmm. so as you can see Karen and I have only been married for three and a half years so we're super young so we're coming into this from a very young perspective and because of that we actually asked some friends that we really trust and love um, and to answer their response to this question first and so before we go into what Kara and I are kind of going to share we wanted to share with you guys uh, what our friends have said these friends are people that have been married for many years and uh, they love Jesus and they have very healthy relationships that we respect and look up to and very much have learned a lot from a cumulative of the um, of the many years together is actually so there's three couples we asked and it's 57 years of marriage so you're kind of getting that into uh the advice that they bring so we're just going to uh share that with you now i'm just going to grab it it's on my phone so so the question we asked them was someone should have told me blank about marriage and then they gave us the response the first one yeah Okay, so for the first couple, they answered, for the healthiest marriage, you need to know and put your spouse's needs first before your own. When experiencing hardship, unhealthy responses, chaos, or trials, it is an opportunity for change and growth. 
change and growth take persistency and commitment. And when you dig into this, there can be new life and a deeper love created. That's awesome. That's awesome, yeah. Okay, and then the next couple said this. One thing that we would have liked to know is regarding boundaries with in-laws and family. We didn't realize how complicated it gets once you are married. And that the not going to bed angry thing isn't realistic. It's not a good idea to keep discussing into the late hours of the night. Mm -hmm. Things just get more emotional because you're tired. Mm -hmm. Go to bed, sleep on it, and mm -hmm. discuss it in the morning. Mm -hmm. And then the final couple said this. I wish someone would have told me more about three key topics. Money, sex, and our personalities as it relates to married life. Mm. Underlying this, I would say it's critical to also have sorted out what our commitment to Christ is before marrying a person. Someone should have... No, that's you. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> so those were the, the three things that, or I guess the three people's couples' responses to that question. Hopefully that was helpful for you. Um, but now we're going to transition into, I guess, the main focus of, or the main part of this episode, which is Kara and I responding to this question. Now, again, we are new to marriage. We are young in this, um, but we have faced our own challenges and we are hoping that something in this will be encouraging for you in your own relationship or as you process marriage. Maybe you're about to get engaged and you're going to be married or maybe you've been married for 20 years. Hopefully something in this will be encouraging for you. And um, yeah, so let's let's dive in. Do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. Okay, so um, this is about the topic of sex, and um, so, you know, what I've been convicted of, and I think, yeah, I definitely think that somebody should have told me about is um, emotional and spiritual intimacy bring forth amazing physical um, intimacy. Mm. Um, so I would say a couple of things about that. Um, I did not realize that you know, the, the physical intimacy that I was having, um, or wasn't having, um, you know, kind of contributed to some of the insecurities that I was having emotionally towards Josiah and the insecurities that we had, you know, spiritually, either in my relationship with Christ or what we were doing as a couple. Um, so I think one of the skills and the foundations that we brought forth in, into our marriage to combat that, you know, physical intimacy was, you know, praying uh, on a daily basis as a married couple, mm -hmm. you know, pointing out that you're for that person yeah. foremost and that, you know, you're acknowledging that God is for that other person. Mm -hmm. Um, and in that you're putting you know your needs aside and praying for that person specifically and then I want to talk about empathetical listening so you know not to you know put it like gender aside but um you know males tend to want that verbal affirmation more so they want that that like yeah I guess the the verbal affirmation um from this the spouse um, and I think that was something that I neglected on early on in our marriage. And so we were kind of, you know, starting to put that into works of what does it mean to be, you know, apathetic listening, you're, 
you're acknowledging, you're saying, okay, you know, how can I encourage you? How can I keep you accountable to these different things? Um, and that shows him that, that I'm for him. Yeah. You know, without that, I'm not really engaging. I, you know, I wasn't really, um, you know, cheering him on, so to speak, mm-hmm. in, in that in that regard. And so once we started, you know, putting into these um, skills, you know, um, I think we definitely saw a shift in our physical intimacy. Yeah, we did. And and I don't want to say like, and I want to I want to make this very clear. Sex isn't about um, the the climax. Um, it's it's about the the uni- unity first. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about climax. I'm not talking about mm-hmm. the best sex ever. What I'm talking about is the unifying yeah. aspect of your physical intimacy, yeah. which I think um, to put into you know real terms, I feel like a lot of couples uh, neglect. And so yeah. I think that is what we wanted to start off first in talking about. Yeah, and can can I say too like so. Two things I would say. Um, So the emotional and spiritual intimacy, like Carolee's saying, brings forth physical intimacy. So that's why if you're listening to this and you are dating and you are a follower of Jesus and you're trying to follow Jesus's way in dating, when you read the Bible, you will see there's not much about it. And that's because in that day and age, there wasn't dating. There was courtship and then marriage. Mm-hmm. Now, let me say something that I wish someone would have told us about dating. If you give yourself emotionally to your partner when you are dating, emotionally or spiritually, that will bring forth this innate desire for in physical intimacy and if you are a follower of Jesus that sees marriage as the place for that to happen it can cause a lot of unnecessary pull and desire that is meant to be brought forth in a later season and so I grew up in a youth group culture where if you were dating someone you basically shared every dark secret right away you shared your testimony you did all these things to establish the dating relationship the problem with that is when you do that the physical will come because Jesus designed us to have the physical the spiritual uh, or sorry, the emotional and the spiritual mm-hmm. bring the physical. Mm-hmm. And so that's what Karen is speaking within a marriage. But if you are watching this and you're trying to date in a godly way, can I encourage you to not just have physical boundaries if you're trying to wait till marriage, but also emotional and spiritual boundaries. Absolutely. Those things are meant to come out when you are engaged not when you are dating and when you are engaged and you have those conversations your physical boundaries i wish we would have done this should go higher not lower as you approach the altar for marriage and so if i can just say that the second thing when she said that sex isn't about climax but is about unity if we're honest and we want to be honest in this conversation we went into marriage with this understanding that if you follow quote unquote jesus's way then when you go on your honeymoon you're going to have the best sex of your life and if you're a virgin then it's the only sex you've had but it's going to be amazing because God honors it and blesses it and all that jazz and really for us if we're honest what that translated to and I don't know if that's what the pastors and the people were trying to say was that essentially you're going to have an awesome climax and so when we went into honeymoon Mm -hmm. we were expecting the great climax for both of us and that didn't happen Mm -hmm. if we're honest Mm -hmm. like can we be honest as Christians today Mm -hmm. (laughs) like why not Mm -hmm. 
There's no shame in sex. Jesus designed it, right? It's meant to be good. And so can we encourage you, if you're approaching marriage, or maybe you're in your first year and you're figuring things out, this is about unity first. It is not about pleasure. Now, when we focus on unity, pleasure will come through trust and through communication and through all those beautiful things that Kara was saying about emotional and spiritual intimacy, but it takes time. Mm -hmm. And so just know that if you're wrestling with those things, there's no shame in that. Mm -hmm. And honestly, if you need to, see a counselor about it. Mm -hmm. God wants you guys to enjoy each other. Mm -hmm. And and there sometimes can be trauma and different things that we've done that can get in the way of that. Mm -hmm. There's no shame in that. Mm -hmm. He wants to help you through this. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that's the first thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got a long list to go. I know, <laughs> I know, because I wanted to add something to that yeah, as well. Is um, and this is something actually someone did tell us, but I don't think we honored it. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we're having that honest conversation. But like the um, the sacredness of of keeping things first. Um, like the firsts of your marriage, the firsts of your relationship. So that goes to, you know, your emotional and spiritual, um, where I think I over expressed my needs. I over expressed some of my emotional sides, my trauma, some things with Josiah way before marriage where me too. Exactly. And so I think what can happen too is you feel guilt and shame. Yeah. And I just want to say that, like, that is not from God, that whole guilt and shame. Um, You can repent of all the different things, but God does not want you to go into marriage with that guilt and shame. Okay, so even if you did make mistakes and did have overexposed, um, it's never too late for the forgiveness and reconciliation um, into marriage, 100%. -hmm. Again... We're going to probably over-communicate this in this conversation, but God is more for your marriage than you are. That might be surprising because we have such emotional ties to our marriages. Um, God is 100% more for your marriage. Um, And, you know, I hope that, you know, we can express that throughout this conversation. So, anyways, okay, so moving towards... Yeah, so... I wish someone would have told us that having conflict Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you're in an unhealthy relationship, but it's actually through conflict when you learn how to fight well, that there can be an intimacy and a trust and a unity that's built that brings forth a foundation that will prepare you Mm -hmm. for more conflict. Mm -hmm. In other words, what I'm saying is we, especially if like we started this by saying our first year was so difficult, right? There was so much conflict that we had to work through because Mm -hmm. of coming from different trauma, coming from different personalities, coming from different family dynamics, Mm -hmm. all these different things were coming into fruition. And, and so there was all these things we had to sort out. And one of the tools that was so helpful, I'll never forget from our marriage counselor, a uh, Christian marriage counselor that was awesome, was she told us essentially what was happening, if we could imagine, is we'd get triggered. I would hurt Kara unintentionally with my words or with my actions and vice versa. And what would happen is I would just blow, she would blow up on me or I would blow up on her mm-hmm. because we just didn't trust each other. Mm-hmm. And what we needed to do was step away from the situation, allow our emotions to calm down, kind of like that person said with the advice of going to bed angry, but still having that conversation 
conversation just when your emotions are better in that similar way we we had to learn these steps of calming ourselves down and then having that conversation within the perspective I think imagery I think in images so the image that they presented us was this image of like Kara's in one chair I'm in another chair and then this trigger and this problem is in another chair but what we were doing when we were fighting so much for like hours at a time we were thinking that there wasn't a third chair but that we were the problem that I was the problem that Kara was the problem that Josiah and Kara were the problem and that basically we were destined for divorce and we wouldn't say that but that was the undertone and so we were so scared because we looked around on Instagram and our other friends who got married and they're all having the time of their life and babies and we're just like miserable and fighting so much but really what we had to learn and this helped us so much and it manifested the seeds of this planted into Mm -hmm. us having such a healthy second and third and now fourth year of marriage and that was understanding that when we're triggered and when we're hurt that conflict is a conversation of understanding each other and what happened not a definer of our relationship and as a result those four hour five hour fights (laughs) now turn in when we're good and we're inviting Jesus into like a 30 minute talk to an hour but it's so much healthier like no swearing no freaking out of course we have moments but it's not it's not nearly as unhealthy as it used to be so I wish someone would have said that to us that the conflict is actually an opportunity for unity but we just didn't know how to fight well yeah and so that was huge that was huge for us yeah Yeah. right so like going alongside that as well and and, and Josiah brought it up you know pretty clearly there is that we hurt one another and I think it like I already said it before but um, it's it's never too late for the forgiveness and reconciliation within marriage Mm -hmm. Um, I think I think it's when, when we're communicating clearly, um, again, it's developing these skills. We did not have this right out the get-go, but it's developing these skills of saying, you know, instead of pointing the finger, that's you, you know, saying like, you know, I think I've hurt you in this and I'm going to own this. Yeah. You'd be surprised when God shows up and recognizes something that in Josiah, just by me recognizing my yeah. own stuff, my own hurt and pain and my own um, ridiculousness. Um, and I'm not going into that in that conversation saying, okay, God, please reveal to Josiah. I just, I'm, I'm more so praying, God, I'm trusting you, um, in, in the forgiveness piece. I'm trusting in that you are working all things, you know, for your purpose. Um, and so I think in those conversations, yes, you are going to get hurt by yourselves mm-hmm. 100%. But I think there is an opportunity to bring forgiveness and reconciliation into it mm-hmm. um, by the uni- you know, unification of the Holy Spirit um, in your marriage. Um, and I think that's played out quite you know, well in our marriage where, yeah, we've had a couple of different things happen. And then, you know, I go into it and I'm saying, I, I, you know, I know that I've hurt you in this and I'm sorry. And we'll walk away from that a day later. Josiah will come, you know, and I'm not expecting it. You know, Josiah will come and be like, you know, I think I hurt you in this and I'm sorry. And, you know, we have that, you know, and that is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And I think that is what I desired all along in our marriage. Mm -hmm. But we were doing it out of, you know, um, striving. We were doing it out of envy. We were doing it Mm -hmm. out of jealousy. We were doing it out of, um, 
you know, not for the best interest of, of the other person. Um, and yeah, so I think that was one of the things that I think somebody should have told me as well is that, you know, you are going to get hurt by yourself. Um, and just validating that, but validating the forgiveness piece is I think 100% essential. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for the next one, that was really good. Um, for the next one, I would say, I think something that I love about marriage and relationships is they're very unique. And so I don't think it's something where you can just say a general statement and this is going to be the truth universally for every marriage at all mm-hmm. times in all ways. I think there's way more nuance because of personalities, family dynamics, how we make choices in life, our process of sanctification and how far we look like Jesus so far. Like these things all have a factor of why every marriage is going to look uniquely different. Mm -hmm. So some of this will be helpful that we're talking about and some of this may just like not relate to you. So I think this one specifically that I'm about to share might not relate to everyone because Kara and I are both external processors. (laughs) So we, um, we don't like have a conflict and then internalize it and then come to each other in dialogue. We like have a conflict and then we dialogue to figure out what the conflict was and how to get through it. And so this this one that I would say relates to, if you can relate to that, which not everyone will, I think that for us within this conversation of conflict being an opportunity for unity mm-hmm. and, and not as a place of unhealthiness, uh, for us in our first year of marriage and in our second, we would over communicate almost every conflict (laughs) because we were just so needing to deal with it. And we were in that season where everything, it almost was a daily thing, honestly, where we had conflict. And uh, as we learned how to communicate better, how we learned, I think in that season, really the underbelly of it was I was beginning to trust that Kara was actually for our marriage. Mm -hmm. And she was beginning to trust that I was for our marriage as well. Mm -hmm. And so as that developed in us, the need to have all these conflict conversations dissipated and it ended up becoming now where it's a place where, you know, I might do something that hurts her and it might just be a quick acknowledgement of me saying, yeah, sorry, I screwed up or she being, yeah, I screwed up. We don't even have to explain it because we were growing. (laughs) So if you are in the middle of your marriage and it's like over communicating of the conflict, Mm -hmm. know that that is a necessary season. At least it was for us. It might not be for you, but if you're in the middle of it, that will pass as you guys continue Mm -hmm. to seek the father's wisdom in this. And he Mm -hmm. may be developing things in both of you that is hard to see in the moment. Mm-hmm. Karen and I did not have this perspective on our first year of marriage when we were in our first year of marriage. We were kind of like, oh my gosh, what is happening? Mm-hmm. And now looking back, we're like, oh, Jesus just was shepherding us. And he just took us on this journey that really prepared us and helped us for what we were going to experience in Kingston through being involved with the church, yeah. being away from family completely, yeah. you know, all those different things. And I had immense amount of physical challenges when we were in Kingston, yeah. more than I ever had in our dating relationship, which the things that we learned in the first year helped and prepare us for those challenging seasons that we're ahead Mm -hmm. so just know that if you are those types of couples that are external communicators and you're dealing with those conflicts as time goes on you'll learn which fights are worth having and which ones aren't within a healthy understanding of what it means to fight yeah um but yeah yeah Yeah. and i think 
Yeah, and to, to go on to that as well, um, within the, the communication over communicating, is communicating one another's needs. Mm-hmm. Um, so this kind of conversation actually kept, was this year's this year's skill yeah. um, through uh, you know a, a marriage course that we were uh, thank you, know, you Carson and Linda exactly um, yeah and so anyway so basically what had happened was I was assuming and this was from day one of our marriage I was assuming that Josiah because we had been dating for four years knew about my needs and mm-hmm. I knew about Josiah's needs mm-hmm. and there was a lot of, a, of uh, assumptions a lot of biases that actually were many of our conflicts. Um, mm. So, you know, this year alone, we really, you know, got the root of that yeah. issue, which yeah. was we were assuming a lot of in our relationship of what so we much. wanted to, you know, focus on in each other's goals, in each other's needs, you know, etc. So when I talk about, uh, you know, creating a needs list or, you know, communicating each other's needs, I'm talking about like smart goals, smart needs, which are, um, you know, they're derived from being simple, achievable, measurable, um, and, uh, you know, tangible, tangible. Um, and I think, um, yeah, realistic, uh, realistic and tangible. And what that means is, you know, for example, I love to cook, but I also work. And one of the biggest things is, you know, trying to communicate to Josiah, okay, Josiah, make a spaghetti meal. Can you do that? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, if he needs instructions and he has communicated that, that's one of his needs that he needs to communicate. I'm not going to give him like just three, okay, put the pasta in, put the, you know, spaghetti sauce, whatever, and, you know, you can do it. You know what that's 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 not over communicating there but that's necessary to over communicate so there is a, there's a difference in what Josiah is talking about within over communication and what does it mean yeah, yeah. to like fulfill one's need okay that's not always gonna be that Josiah's gonna learn one day he does know how to yeah. but I'm just saying for example he's gonna one day learn how to cook spaghetti and I won't have to necessarily over communicate yeah, yeah. one of the needs that um, I think uh, you know, we talked about is doing a day trip once a month um, out of the region. Because we don't have kids. Because we don't have kids. <laughs> we recognize like the privilege we have yeah. in this stage of life. So, yeah. so you know, communicating. Okay, that's one of his needs. He he wants to our, our needs. Yeah. Um, you know, is is to to go out into the into the I don't know out of the region or something like that. With COVID, it's a bit difficult now. Um, but that was one of the needs we you that's know communicated nice. and expressed. And what does it what does it do? Is it's you're trying to build on a trust mm-hmm. that you are for that person, mm-hmm. and that you know it's simple and changeable. I don't need flowers every single week. I want you know flowers maybe once a month or something like that. That is a, that is achievable. It's attainable. It's a goal that Josiah can do for me. That is something yeah. that makes me feel special. There's things that make him feel special, and you communicate that need. And I'm telling you. Once we communicated those, you know, different levels of needs, and again, we looked at the drawing board, mm-hmm. is this realistic for Carolee? Is this realistic for Josiah? Yeah. Even within, like, yeah. not just job responsibility, but right. finances. Is it even yeah. financially feasible to have this need right now? Exactly. That's what Kara means when she says measurable. Yes. And, uh, Absolutely. What was the other word? Tangible. Tangible. You know, yeah. Tangible. You know, that, that makes sense too, right? Like, because if finances are tight, as a, I'm not going to be asking Josiah 
decided to, you know, bring out, you know, chocolate and flowers every single week. That's not necessarily tangible in our own financial budget. So I want to be responsible and respectful to yeah. what we have, you know, talked about ahead of the time when it comes to those those needs. Um, but there's definitely other things that don't cost money as well, yeah. right? Going and for it, walks or, yeah. you know, him making me coffee or something like that, you know, for, you know. Yeah. And I think this is where a couple things I will say. Self-awareness is super important. Yeah. So, uh, again, every marriage is different because people are different. I am a future orientated person. Mm-hmm. And I love dreaming. I love having visions for the future. Mm-hmm. So when Kara talks to me and asks me questions about what's my latest dream or what's my latest idea, right. I feel so loved and, and heard and encouraged. Right. When Kara does the dishes, it doesn't mean anything to me. Of course, I'm thankful, but I'm not like, it doesn't speak to my heart. Now, if I ask Kara her dreams and visions, that isn't going to speak to her in the same way of me cleaning the house for her without her asking and doing a proper job. That's an example of needs. Mm -hmm. Now, if you grew up in a Christian context that basically said, Jesus meets all your needs so that you can then meet the needs of others... What I would just say to that Mm -hmm. in this conversation, Mm -hmm. as where that advice of needs works across the board in any relationship, regardless of if you're Christian or not, that's just good advice. Yeah. Now where Jesus comes in to the play is as a follower of Jesus, it is my responsibility to try to love my spouse Mm -hmm. The way that she experiences love. Mm -hmm. It is not my responsibility to keep tabs on what I've done and what she's not doing. And so where Jesus comes into the mix in this conversation is this is not an exchange. No. You come together when you're not in a fighting mood. And you write down your needs. And then you give it to your partner. And you let them. That's between them and God now. Yeah. And so it's my responsibility to read what Kara says that are tangible, measurable, all those things. And that's my focus. My focus isn't, is she asking me about what my latest dream is? And so I think as Christians, it's important to bring that into that conversation is that it's not a tab thing. It's not an exchange. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, if I'm looking to care to fulfill my ultimate needs for purpose, belonging, love, acceptance, and understanding, Mm -hmm. I will always be disappointed. Those Mm -hmm. are things that can only be found in Christ. Mm -hmm. And when I experience those things through Kara, Mm -hmm. it isn't... It will never fulfill me the way that it can in Christ. Mm -hmm. But when I have it in Christ, the way that I see when Kara is meeting those things, it it gives me joy and allows me to praise Jesus more Mm -hmm. because I'm so thankful for this gift. But if she's not meeting those needs, I'm not destroyed because I already have them met in him. And that is huge within a marriage. I am not looking to her to fulfill my needs. I am looking how I can fulfill hers. And she's looking how she can fulfill mine within the the parameters that we were talking about. Yeah, so um, just kind of going back, I think I already talked about it, just switching gears, is like this whole notion of, you know, honor and respect in a marriage. So um, we live, uh, I feel like, you know, we've always kind of lived in this culture, but sometimes specifically now, 
we like to you know dishonor and we don't really know what respect and, and honor means yeah. um, so just kind of going you know into this saying you know in my relationship with Josiah I think what you know if he shared things in private I would jokingly talk about in public um, with with an audience and what it was doing it was creating some division and tension in our relationship and in marriage mm-hmm. um, that was something that was really you know pushing um, yeah pushing a lot of boundaries that just was an acceptable behavior mm-hmm. um, and I had to own that I had to really that was a forgiveness piece going back to forgiveness and hurt like that was a thing that I didn't realize was really you know yeah pushing a lot of those boundaries in our in our marriage um, and of course joking is fine in a, in a marriage but um, it's, there's a line. There's a line. <laughs> yeah. um, and there's a difference between what you joke about in private and what you joke about in public. Um, and I think sometimes, mm-hmm. like, I kind of sometimes was too buddy-buddy, too friendly, you know, with, with different audiences that mm-hmm. it wasn't actually helpful, wasn't honoring and respectful for yeah. Josiah. Um, and it took, you know, it takes two seconds to you know, you know, switch that. You're like, okay, actually, I'm going to bring out cool things that Josiah have done. You know, why bring out what he hasn't done? You know, for and vice versa, right? It it brings something. It brings unifying. And that's one thing I do want to add in into this is, you also are are representing Jesus in those in those moments. Yeah. As a married couple, don't think that you're not. You are representing Jesus when you're in a room, wherever it is, whether it's in your workplace or where it's not. And when you, and I'm going to speak to to married women in this this case, when you're in a room, whether it's, you know, secular or not secular, if it's in church, if it's going for a walk, you're in a mom's group, you're not, you know, you're in a parent group, whatever, and you acknowledge um, your husband and, and the work that he's doing, the great work he's doing, whatever capacity, whatever, wow, you know, he cleaned the kitchen the other day. There's something that happens, and I've, and I've seen it before, there's a shift in the room. There's a peace. We're bringing peace into the room. We're mm-hmm. bringing joy into the room. Not only are we honoring him in private and respect, we are we are bringing um, the, the perspective of God's kingdom. You know, God's kingdom is peace, and God wants to unify marriages. And I think yeah. that sometimes we don't necessarily see as impactful, but I'm telling you, it's impactful. Because yeah. even though it's small, it's not small, because we don't actually live in a culture that does that enough, that says, wow, my husband did this, and, and I'm so proud of him, yeah. and this and that. Like, we don't necessarily do that in a... Yeah, and I want to speak to the dudes too. Like, I think a challenge that I've seen and I've experienced myself is in like I've screwed up as well in this is like there's a there's like this undertone where guys sometimes not all men Mm -hmm. but some men that I've experienced in the Christian world specifically Mm -hmm. where they put down their spouse Mm -hmm. like they'll say lines like um, I'm the head and my wife's the neck. Which is another way of just like, in my mind, it's actually dishonoring to your wife. Right. It's actually not an honoring thing right. to say about your about the woman that God is trusting right. you to represent his love for. Yeah. And I'm, t- I'm so, it gets me so upset mm-hmm. when I've seen this in my own life and I've seen this in other circles where men will dishonor their wives mm-hmm. by talking about different things like, 
of like they'll make jabs at them about their controlliness or their whatever the words they use whatever and i've seen sermons like mm-hmm. pastors do this and i'm like what the heck are you doing mm-hmm. and that's another thing too if you're a pastor happening to listen to this don't bring up your wife into an uh, into a sermon without permission mm-hmm. same with your kids or friends like that's just not cool mm-hmm. at all and it's not an honoring thing mm-hmm. and i just think that's something in the christian culture depending on what circle you grown up in within that or outside Mm -hmm. of that there's this need to like to just put forth these stereotypes on women that aren't true necessarily and are certainly not honoring Mm -hmm. and so I think this isn't just like a one-way thing this is definitely like both Mm -hmm. this can manifest itself in many different ways um but it's important because really you're building a trust and a foundation and you're and you're unifying and like Kara said you're also representing Jesus Mm -hmm. in the room Mm -hmm. and I'm sorry but Jesus wasn't I'm not sorry Jesus didn't do that Mm -hmm. he didn't dishonor the least of these in the room Mm -hmm. and reality is the Mm -hmm. funniest jokes are always pushing at people's vulnerabilities if you want to get truthful about it Mm -hmm. the most funny jokes that our society loves and cheers on Mm -hmm. are always almost always pointing at someone's vulnerability and that's not Jesus's way there are funny things to laugh about and to see and to enjoy i'm not saying that but if it's at the expense of another it's just not depending on the context and the relationship it can just not be worth it especially if it's about your spouse in public and and you gotta check yourself right like like uh we're saying this because we had to check ourselves being like actually let's be honest we had someone we had more than one people call both of us out on that so it wasn't like kara it was joe and kara and we had pastors like literally be like yo dude what are you doing or like yo girl what are you doing you know so this 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 was out of someone approaching us and saying like i don't think you realize what you're doing and we didn't and now it's like oh wow it's 100 costly and you know we're talking about gaining trust in your relationship not losing it yeah yeah and i think that was one of the things where when we saw that again we saw another shift in our marriage where it was like whoa you know that that there was more trust um you know built within our relationship and in couples and in relationships yeah. and stuff like that um yeah so so the the last one that i want to say and then we'll kind of say a couple things to close up um is uh so don't wait for your marriage to blow up mm-hmm. to invest in great Christian marriage counseling. Mm-hmm. Too often, marriage was will break up. And this is actually advice from mentors. This isn't just us. Mm-hmm. This is like people that we trust that have been married for many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to wait for your marriage to blow up and then go to marriage counseling. Mm-hmm. It's not that it's not redeemable then, mm-hmm. but there's actually small signs along the way that lead to a blow up. Yeah. And so if you are sensing that tension and that conflict on a consistent basis, mm-hmm. not just that, but if you're not understanding how to communicate well, mm-hmm. or if you're having issues sexually or different things like that, invest in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Like, invest in your marriage. This is where I'm going to get a little harsh-ish, but it's because I'm just like, it blows my mind how many marriages are so much more focused on getting a house or their retirement than they are with willing to spend $120 on an hour a week of marriage counseling. Like, at the end of the day, what do you want? Do you want an empty house without your spouse? 
do you want a retirement without your partner? Mm -hmm. That's not what Jesus wants for you. Mm -hmm. So don't say you don't have the money. Mm -hmm. Make the money happen. And if you don't have it, there are Christian counseling services that go on a sliding scale. There's no shame in that. Because you don't want to wait for it to blow up. Of course, if you're sitting and watching this and your marriage is blown up, there's hope for you. Jesus is way for your, way more for your marriage than you are and you've ever been. Mm-hmm. That is the truth. That is something that we rely on. He is our refuge, our strength, our shepherd, all those beautiful yeah. things. But if you're sitting here and you know in your heart, and you'll know. Like, you'll know. We knew within, like, the first month, we're like, we need to get help. And we were in debt. We were living in, like, a small basement apartment. We did not have money coming out of the Wizoo. We still don't. But we invested in marriage counseling because it's like, this is important. This is more important than us getting debt free. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that I would really encourage you in. And also, I would say... I would encourage you to invest in marriage counseling if you need it, but also invest in your marriage. Invest in going on dates. Invest in in doing things that you love as a couple. And I know that as stages go on and you have children, that can shift. And I have so much empathy for that. And to be honest, we can't really speak into that outside of having friends that have kids that have been married long and they all say prioritize date nights when you can, but know that the first two years, you're probably not going to get it. And that's okay. That's just part of the craziness of having a, a the beautiful part, but the craziness of all the demands of an infant. And so have patience for yourself. But at the same time, if you have the ability to save for retirement then you have the ability to invest in your marriage today because you're saving for a day that you don't even know might come because Jesus can come back sooner I'm not against saving for retirement but at the same time if you Mm -hmm. have to choose come on yeah. Like, come on, we're not living for that day. Yeah. We're living for, we live in now, right? right now. And so invest in what you have now mm-hmm. because what happens then, God will take care of mm-hmm. as you faithfully walk with him. So that would be, I think, the last one, unless you got one that came to your head. No, it's just, it's actually from that. Okay. Um, so, you know, I'm speaking to the, uh, the different perspective of marriage where, um, you know, outside of, you know, counseling, outside of, um, you know, uh, if there is uh, abuse hap- happening in your marriage, whether it's physical, emotional, sexual, financial, um, if there's exploitation, um, if there is a, mus- a misuse of power and control mm-hmm. uh, in your marriage and you have those red flags, it's not too late to step out and ask for help. Yes. Uh, whether it's going to your local minister, pastor, or local agencies to even call anonymously and just ask, you know, how do I go about this relationship? How do I go about this? Is this abuse? Is this not abuse? Is this just, you know, things that I can, you know, go and work out in counseling? Not to say that abuse isn't redeemable, but if you need to get out, you need to get out. Yes. Um, there's there's no need for you um, to continue in that abusive yeah. relationship. Jesus does not want that. Mm. And I'm going to say that again. Jesus does not want that yeah. for you and your uh, relationship with that person. Um, and so, again, it's not too late to step out um, and ask for help. I recognize the difficulty of that 
and the difficulty it is to actually step out because it's costly. Mm-hmm. It's costly to step out because you might lose some things. I can guarantee you are going to lose things. You might lose things that you've always wanted before, but I'm telling you, you know, going out and stepping out and asking for help is that is that step. And there can be, you know, intervention and, and so forth. Yeah. Um, so that is a side note, but something that I think is so, so important, important um, yeah. to for, for anybody listening to understand. Yeah. Um, and if you're a follower of Jesus and you've listened and you know the verses that talk about submitting, oh my goodness, please read them in context. Mm-hmm. This isn't like a plug to my podcast, but you can go to an episode on Colossians called marriage, family, and something else. And in there I, sh- I can, I do this teaching that kind of basically affirms this idea that Paul is actually saying a woman is to submit to their husbands as it is fitting in the Lord, mm-hmm. which is a statement that we take to say, because it's good and that's what God wants. But what he's actually saying in the Greek is you submit up into the point your husband is having you do something that's against God's way and abuse is evil it is not from Jesus and it is not what he wants you to live in Mm -hmm. so there is no issue Mm -hmm. with you getting the help that you need from your abuser Mm -hmm. there is no shame in that and do not just look for a Christian organization get the help whatever way it looks like Jesus is in it and he will help you through this and if you are in a church that cannot handle that Mm -hmm. leave the church It is not from Christ. Mm -hmm. He is not for abuse. Now that's a scriptural thing. If you want a historical thing, historical thing, I was just reading a book Mm -hmm. that was talking about the history of the early church from uh, basically 50 AD to 300 AD, Mm -hmm. right before the Roman Empire. I'm not going to get, Constantine makes a Christian nation, all this jazz. Within the first hundred years, there's a story that is historically accurate where this woman converted to Christianity she was a Roman and her husband was abusive and her husband and them were the her pastor of a house church was encouraging her to work on her marriage and to do these things but the abuse didn't stop it just increased and so the pastor signed on a divorce paper for her to leave her husband and the church started supporting her. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem. Christianity was illegal. And so when the pastor signed the divorce, he was admitting that he was a Christian. He ended up going to court. And for whatever reason, the woman didn't have to. And he went to court and had to confess his faith. And he ended up being a martyr for his faith in Jesus. And what sparked his martyrdom was him advocating for a woman to flee from divorce in a culture that was so unequal when it comes to their view of women. And so the early church and Christianity has always Mm -hmm. been for women not being in abuse. It is not even a question. Mm -hmm. So if you're coming at this from the angle of a church that's teaching you this whole abusive submission language that's not within context of love, get out. Mm -hmm. It is not from Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's so important to get this. Mm -hmm. It breaks Mm -hmm. my heart to know that there are marriages where these women and these men are being stuck in an abusive, evil, traumatic relationship in the name of submission and following Jesus's way. That is not what the passages are talking about. Yeah.
<laughs> that was so, kind of a big note. Yeah, that's a big note. Um, uh, again, you know, we we wanted to share these things today with you because we we know that. Um, yeah, God is so faithful. Yeah, He's he so faithful. And I think what, you know, we've shared at the beginning and throughout is that, you know, God is is intervening. Mm-hmm. Okay, don't forget that. That God is intervening. Yeah. So we can have all the skills in the world and still mess up and yeah. still get hurt. And God is intervening before us, after us, um, in, the, in, in amongst um, all the different things. And so we're coming at this that we we have a hopeful perspective yeah, of marriage, absolutely. you know, and uh, we are so for marriage. And um, it's because of all the different struggles we've had to go through. It's because of all the different hurdles, all the different stretches, all the different things that we've had to learn mm-hmm. that we come at this, you know, convicted and saying like, there is hope in yeah. Christ. There is hope for your marriage. You might not see it right now, yeah. but that's not hope hope is not what you see hope is what you don't see yes um and so thank you so much for i know you're about to close oh. up we forgot to write down your really good point comparison kills can you speak on that that is that really is good huge. yes that is really i think good. we'll finish on this note. we'll finish on this note care is going to bring us home um <laughs> okay yeah so i think i think josiah brought it up um when when we were talking about the sex perspective um as well as like the we didn't achieve the honeymoon stage when we first got married that was really hard because not only were we having these different struggles but on top of it we were comparing ourselves to um the the people that we you know were surrounding ourselves with that was not helpful it is not helpful to look at instagram to look at facebook to look at these families and compare um and and i think and i want to speak to that because god wants to do something individually in your marriage that looks very different than the next yeah so our characteristics as a married, our unifying marriage looks different than what so-and-so is doing over there. Yeah. Why? Because God's love is so for um, marriage, he's also for the specific yeah. um, person and uh, people that... that um, that he, he's called you to. Um, and so, so being married is this, you know, we become one. We become one be, because of what God is calling us to, the purpose to. Um, and that in of itself is, a, is strength, um, is, is courage, is um, so, so foundational. And it, and it was, it didn't take us, sorry, it, it took us a while to understand that that wow, like God would have Josiah and Carolee be called to something different than, you know, someone over there. Um, and I want to speak to that because so so much of our culture is focused on, you know, still, which is sad, but these click like these clicky kind of groups, highlight reels, hi- highlight reels of like um, marriages that on the inside are just is in turmoil. Mm-hmm. Again we can't necessarily see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, even our, even in my posts and, and my things that I've said, I'm like, you know, Josiah, like, wow, 
you know, we just fought or we just argued. It's crazy because people are seeing this and saying that, like, we're probably okay or whatever, but really we're not. And yeah. I think that's why we're sharing these pieces, too, yeah. to say, like, when we go on these adventures and we're, you know, whatever, you're not always seeing what goes before or goes afterwards. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, I mean, we've worked hard, hopefully, yeah. on trying to be more transparent right. in an honoring way. Yeah. So we'll say we, like, work yeah. through things. We won't go into detail. Right. But, yeah, no, it's true. If you looked at the last three years of our social media, sure. I don't know if you would realize that our first year was as difficult as it was. Like, that's no, somewhat it, of the nature of the beast of Instagram yeah, and that jazz. Exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, I, again, we, we did want to put that in this yeah. in this conversation because we do think comparison kills. Yeah. Um, again, it's the honor and respect. I, a lot of the time, I, what I was doing is I was comparing Josiah to a lot of men or a lot of different spec- perspectives. That is not helpful at all. Um, God wants to do something right now in your marriage and in your in your spouse um, that w- wants you to um, yearn for them. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't necessarily talk about that in that culture, but the, the Bible does 100%. What does it mean to yearn for your spouse? What does it mean to desire your spouse, to look up to your spouse, to, to, um, to love everyone? each inch of your spouse Mm. and be accepting of your spouse and Mm. affirming your spouse um that those are the pieces that we're talking about um that that's so beautiful and so foundational but to your individual and going back to what we were saying about keeping things sacred keeping things safe there's some things that i will never share thank goodness with other people about my marriage why because it's it's that sacredness within your marriage. Yeah. It's that, wow, God has called you individually as one mm-hmm. and under God's covenant. And that's so special and so unique. And that creates more sacredness in yeah. your marriage, yeah. more unity in your marriage, where you get to keep these memories, these sacred, yeah. funny things, funny moments, or you know, good holistic conversations, yeah. tearful conversations, yeah. um, sacred yeah. for you and you alone. Yeah. Um, Not everything goes on Instagram. <laughs> exactly um for for a reason yeah. so yeah and again thank you so much for you know tuning in for an hour with us yeah. uh talking about these things i know some of them are hard and difficult to swallow um but we're cheering you guys on yeah, and if you are looking for supports right now either somebody to pray with somebody to talk about talk, dialogue I know with COVID it's a bit tricky, but we have the technology to have these conversations. We can go for walks with you. Um, yeah. And we're not marriage counselors. Let's uh, just be no, super clear about no, that. No, um, but, exactly. But yeah, but no, yeah. you're not meant to do this alone. Exactly. So um, why don't, for the last minute, you pray us off? Can you? Okay, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Father, um, we just thank you, Lord, for for how you've designed marriage to be. We thank you for the covenant and all that that represents Mm -hmm. because ultimately it represents the covenant that you've made with us, Mm -hmm. the one that is unconditional, Mm -hmm. the one that is patient and kind and self-control. Oh Lord, would you fill us with your spirit that we'd be full of your fruit, 
Lord, we thank you for every marriage that's represented watching this video right now. We ask that this would be something that has been encouraging. Lord, the things that are from you, that they would remain, and the things that were not would be removed from our memory. Lord, we love you and we trust you, and we thank you that you are our refuge, that you are our strength. Lord, and that you truly are more for our marriage than we are, which means that when we turn to you, you will shepherd us into being the husband husbands and the wives that you designed us to be. Oh, thank you, Jesus, that you have not left us on our own, but you have drawn near to us even within our marriage. Mm -hmm. Would we know that today and would we walk away feeling encouraged mm -hmm. and with the steps that we are needing to take mm -hmm. towards wholeness and health within our own marriage. We love you and we trust you. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for listening to this episode. <laughs> Peace.